Hello, and welcome to another episode of Health Shift, my podcast that bridges the gap between conventional modalities and integrative healing for complete mind, body, and spirit well being. And please note and remember that these discussions aren't medical advice, and nor should they be used in place of medical assessments and treatments. So today, I would like to welcome Jean Turcott. Jean is a certified personal trainer wellness coach, health educator with over 30 years of experience in these fields. She holds a bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's degree in social work, as well as certifications in wellness, personal training, and lifestyle management. She practiced for over 15 years as a therapist, focusing on behavioral and motivational change and stress management. Boy, we have a lot to talk about in that arena. (laughs) And she currently offers personal wellness coaching and fitness training, conducts seminars on health and wellness topics throughout Massachusetts, Michigan, and virtually. So I've personally known Jean for over 20 years, have referred many of my clients to her. We we continue to work together. And I personally worked with Jean when I had issues with strength, conditioning, and rehabbing my back and shoulder. And she was amazing. So welcome, Jean. Thank you, Julie. And I feel the same way about you um, in in so many ways. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. So tell us your story, how you got to where you are today and knowing that this is your path. Sure. Oh, boy, I've had a long path. (laughs) I started off with, as you know, psych, and then I went on for a master's in clinical social work. So um, my path was to do therapy for individuals and families. And um, I focused on multiple issues and used many modalities. And over the years, I grew to love fitness and have a passion for that and learned that there's not a huge difference between helping people in fitness or emotionally in that um, in both cases, we want people to be the best versions of themselves. And that can look so different on everybody. So um, with my passion, uh, I decided to build a career in fitness and then I put the two together. Um, And that's where I started pursuing work in wellness and health and life coaching. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And do you have um, do you have particular themes that you notice? Because I know that you and I have shared clients that have had body image issues, eating disorders, um, and we've supported those people with those challenges. So tell me a little bit about your demographic and who you're working with now. Yes, uh, to that because um, you know we both know that most unhealthy eating is emotional, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of unhealthy fitness lifestyles can be emotional, but there is another healthy piece to that. I get a lot of clientele who just want to be healthy and fit. Weight loss often comes into it and you can't treat any of that in one modality. So if I'm training someone physically, we need to look at wellness in terms of safety, wellness in terms of orthopedics, wellness in terms of motivation and, and um, you know, steadfastness and moving forward in so many different ways. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And you know, more recently, I've been um, working a lot with a population of women who are experiencing perimenopause, postmenopause and whatnot, which is definitely a challenging time of life. I always remember I had hormonal issues from from day one, starting at age nine. 
Um, and I remember my mother telling me, she goes, Julie, you're going to have a terrible menopause. But I have to say, I kind of sailed through menopause, thankfully. Um, but I have so many clients that are dealing with the whole perimenopausal stuff. So tell me a little bit about your work with this particular population, since it's it can be challenging. It is. And it's a huge portion of my client population, mm. um, both wellness and in fitness. Um, you know, I, ha- I get a lot of people that says, what's with this, you know, middle body weight gain, and my emotions are all over the place, I can't seem to lose weight, I, you know, everything aches. So, you know, it, it you need to take a multifaceted approach to that, you need to look at, yes, there are fitness approaches, but there's also eating approaches. And then mm. there are you know, nutritional and supplemental approaches, and they all have to be in sync for any of it to work. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. So yes, the uh, the little, you know, what do you want to call it the muffin top, the belly, you know, things like that. And I really try to educate women around the fact that this is a normal thing to happen. Doesn't mm-hmm. feel so great for us to have a little bit more of an increase of, of the belly fat. But it's also the body's protective mechanism to say, okay, we don't make the estrogen from the ovaries anymore. We're going to make more of that from the adrenal glands. And so here you go. You're going to have a little bit of a puffy belly. And I even know for myself, you know, I felt really self-conscious about that. You know, it was really uncomfortable. But now knowing that that's partly protective um, and to a degree, you know, obviously if it gets way out of control, then it's a problem. So um, it's really about strengthening and making sure that we have our abs as, you know, in as best shape as we can. And then also really talking about that whole nutritional approach, which I know, you know, you're right on sync with me in terms of let's keep the carbs on the lower side, but not non-existent because those carbohydrates also provide us with our major fuel so that we can exercise. So exactly. And that's, um, that's where I feel that things have really come around in terms of research and expertise. Um, I absolutely agree with you in everything you just said. I did learn all about that estrogen shift and how it's being produced. And, you know, there are three types of estrogen. I like to educate clients with that because Mm. it is is an aha for them. But also definitely, I, I try to encourage all of my clients to have a protein with a carb. And obviously, I don't like to say there are bad carbs. I just like to say there are better choices. And really, all we have to do is look at their intake, you know, food logs, which a lot of people don't love. But I I don't look at them in in a judgmental way. I just Mm -hmm. say, let's let's together learn what you eat, what you like to eat, and see how we can adapt it, tweak it just a little bit at a time to, to try to make your body function a little better. Yeah, yeah, it's so it's so true. Um, and same as you as I try not to use good and bad, I'll say less healthy, or, yeah, you know, yeah. more gly or more glycemic, you know, yeah, yeah. which might cause your <laughs> blood sugar level to go a bit crazy. So um, absolutely. And I know, um, with a lot of my women, what I also work on is trying to get that meal, that heavier meal earlier in the day, like, let's, let's make sure breakfast and lunch is really bolstered up, you know, because that's when you're going to need your energy. And then we can maybe cut down those carbs later in the day, maybe not after dinner, maybe not even with dinner. So tell me a little bit about your, your philosophy on that. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. There used to be, I'm sure you've heard this. Many of us have heard this breakfast, like a King lunch, like a queen dinner, like a popper. Yeah. Well, the recent theory is breakfast like a queen, lunch like a king, dinner like a pauper because of our our body cycles. And we have the highest 
metabolic burn at lunchtime rather midday and then it does slow down and after 6 p.m is when things slow down even more absolutely absolutely I mean, there are things yeah. we can do with exercise to bolster that and certainly muscle in your body maintain being maintained requires a higher metabolic rate but that being said it's such a balance yeah yeah and i and i know with the exercise piece and building muscle I have the protein conversation every single day. And I know that you and I share that <laughs> common aspect. I say protein, 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 you know, in terms of trying to get people, you know, up. And it, it's interesting. I've been doing this for so long. I have to say, you know, over 43 years, I've been a dietitian. So anyway, oh my goodness, I've seen every trend come and go. Um, but I think what has stuck with us and it's become so confusing is that probably 25, 30 years ago, Americans were told that they were eating too much protein. Mm -hmm. And that was probably true. However, the pendulum has swung so far the other way that people are eating way too little protein, mm -hmm. men and women alike. You know, are you finding that with your clients as well? I think, I think you're right. And then of course it was the no carb. Mm -hmm. um, right. So What's the bottom line? We need to look at our macronutrients mm -hmm. and then we need to pick and choose from all of these diet trends and say, what's best for our bodies to function. And we know maintain muscle, have enough energy and those require both. And you have to just do a healthy version of them. Yeah. And there's yeah. a little wiggle room in there for enjoyment. We have to have pleasure in what we eat. We just have to find ways to do it. Sure, sure. Absolutely. I, I oftentimes educate people around um, most of our taste is learned. And so we can learn, we can unlearn uh, less healthy flavors and we can relearn or learn new flavors. And I, I'm a perfect example. I grew up very sugar addicted, very overweight, compulsive, you know, compulsive eating, compulsive dieting, and never thought that I would ever be having to make the conscious choice to say, I don't even like that Reese's peanut butter cup anymore. Mm. And now it's like, I wouldn't even go there. It's like, not my thing. I love, you know, I love 90. Actually, I like hundred percent dark chocolate. I never expect anybody to eat that, <laughs> and, but I love, I love bitter. I love bitter, you know, and, but that had to be a trained, you know, that had to be a trained habit. Our brain chemistry is so malleable and ability and has in plastic that it can actually learn to like these new flavors. So um, so there is hope. Yeah. Both chemically and based on a belief system, you know, we start off with a programming from birth yep. and that forms beliefs, which form habits. Mm -hmm. So you can't say, do this, don't eat that. You have to say, let's go back to where you form these beliefs about what, even what, like you just said, what tastes good. Um, right. How can we just change that? And by practicing it, we can. Yeah. You know, yeah. Getting it into that. Um, in this case, flavor memory, because you're right. I grew up, my favorite food on earth was Snicker bars. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there was a Twinkie in my lunchbox every day, but um, yeah, people cannot believe that, um, you know, I love the things I love. Uh, I, you know, we all make fun of it, <laughs> but yep, it's, yep. True. it's really true. Yeah. It's so funny. My best friend came to visit me a few months back and, and she always jokes with me. So she grew up like a toothpick. And of course I was always either on a diet or off a diet with my parents because they were both very overweight and compulsive eaters. And she used to say to me, oh, Jules, you have no taste buds. But then when she comes to visit, she goes, I can't wait to eat your food. <laughs> <laughs> So as much as I have, you know, maybe strange combinations for the average individual, they, they end up tasting good. So, which is good. No, they do. Yeah. I remember I brought a, 
vegan chocolate cake to a birthday party made out of beets and chickpeas, which I painstakingly peeled mm. one at a time. Oh my God. And I served it and everybody was kind of enjoying it until I told them what was what in it. What was? Uh-huh. All of a sudden the plates got pushed away. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we can relate. Absolutely. That's really funny. So, so perimenopausal menopausal women are one group. Who's it? Who's another group that you, uh, that you work with? Well, it's so funny over the years and I'm, you know, I said over 25 years, but it's really been 35. I have worked with every population from teenage athletes mm-hmm. to, um, you know, aging people. My oldest client is 85 and has Parkinson's and I go mm-hmm. to her house once a week or twice oh. a week, sorry, and work with her on posture and movement and balance. And it's going great. Um, but I am finding my biggest population is the over 40. And then even now more over 50, but I, I do love working with young, younger people, twenties and thirties, because I love that they get to learn fitness in such a different way than we did. Oh, they could, yes. They start off with healthiness and safety. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you remember we're in the same era as doing jumping jacks for, you know, 15 minutes on a hard surface with no warm up. Yep. Uh, or and and now they're learning the importance of prepping the muscles and and functional movement and multiplanal movement and stretching and the importance of balance and so I do love that. I love that piece too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and that's wonderful because you're actually training people at a younger age so that they'll be fit for life. Yes. 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 Safe safe for life. And safe. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I, I grew up when I, when I was a personal trainer, it was the Jane Fonda days, you know, go for the burn. (laughs) And I remember, you know, my competitive side was trying to make every guy, you know, so worn out that he couldn't do one more sit up. you know, it's like, Oh my God. I have some 40 year old men. I I want them to know that this 62 year old lady can make them work and make them burn. But in a safer way. <laughs> right, 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 right. I hear you. I hear you. And I yes. always tell my clients, I don't make you do anything I can't. I might do it with less weight or fewer reps, but I won't make you do anything I can't or wouldn't. Of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. So that makes it fun. Yeah. 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 So tell me about what it's been like for you during COVID. Has that shifted your practice? I'm sure you're doing more online uh, counseling, but uh, but also just in terms of what you're seeing for common themes emotionally for people. Oh my gosh. Well, you know this. First of all, fitness, it was a pretty easy transition. Wellness and life coaching, perfect. Most people prefer to do it virtually. In fact, a lot of the world is virtual now. Um, having had a group exercise background as well, it was easy for me to run groups online fitness-wise. Not everybody loves it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. There, there were people that dropped off. Emotionally, it's been really tough. I mean, you know that depression in, in, in general has skyrocketed yeah. since COVID, particularly in children and teens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of that going on. People are felt isolated. They overate or overdrink. Um, mm-hmm. It was the only way to connect with people or to keep themselves placated during a very stressful and emotionally tough time. So there's a lot of undoing. <laughs> you know, I've had some people reach out to me and say, we need to get back to life before COVID, you know, and, and I think just coming outside or connecting with people mm. is so important for, for the emotional element. Yeah. Yeah. I am finding the same thing. And I've had a lot of, um, a lot of folks that are just distressed with the workplace. And mm-hmm. so one of the things that I'm bringing back to them are to look at both sides, look at their challenges, make sure that they're documenting it, 
but have these really conscious conversations with their employers and their managers and things like that. And to make part of that theme, the work-life balance mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. life-work balance. And I was just actually talking with a, uh, a common um, client that we work with in terms of work-life and life-work. And I, I, I kind of use that as a play on words because I call my work life-work. I don't call it work-life. <laughs> because it's, Yeah, there's really not a beginning from, you know, when I get up in the morning until I go to bed at night, you know, and I can, I, I will admit, I can be a little bit of a workaholic when it comes to that. <laughs> but I'm also really choosing to create a work that feels rich. Yes. And yes. that is also congruent with what my life is all about, what my work is all about. So you're going to find the same me in my workplace that you're going to find in my home place, you know? That's and so, so yeah. Yeah. I love that. In fact, when I used to do wellness talks throughout, mostly in the Boston area, we had a menu of mm-hmm. topics and work life. It was called work life at the time. Uh, balance was the number one most popular topic that I yes. got out talk about. But you're, I love that you said that the life work, because yeah. I always try to get people to think of the joy in their lives yeah. and to find it from everything. Yes. And unfortunately, a lot of us find it from food and um, we need to find joy in so many ways that um, the unhealthy options aren't always the best. The most yes, important. yes, yes. With my, um, I just did a spring clean group. It was a four week, uh, you know, gentle cleanse and modified, modified meal plan and whatnot. But one of the topics that was a major topic is what I called other hungers. So ah, when you're not hungry for food, what are those other hungers? Do you satisfy them? Do you not satisfy them? Why or why not? And, okay. and it's amazing how people will have such a resistance to taking the time, not only to list what those other hungers are, but also to take the time and actually start to address them. And I, I think there's, there's a lot of guilt and then also just even the transitions in the workplace. Um, it's, it's easy, but it's also not easy being technology-based because what if your technology is not working that day? And you know, there's yeah, so many different things in terms of like learning all the platforms. And I know I was doing employee health and wellness for balancing life's issues for a number of years. And I used to go into the workplace to do, you know, to do the seminars. And then within a week, we pivoted to, you know, being on uh, online. And that was a huge learning curve for most of us. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. No, I, know I got a little off track with, with the, um, the joy in food. But yes, with life work balance, you are so right. And in yeah. fact, burnout and life work balance um, are so connected because if we don't have that balance, we burn out in both. Yes. Um, there's not enough energy left over to fill the other cup. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have people visualize the battery, what charges your battery and what drains your battery. Mm. And, you know, think about how, how you can add more of what charges your battery into your day. You know, and that word joy, I use that word with man, with my menopausal women all the time, because <clears throat> as estrogen declines, we feel a little bit more lackluster and so, you know, again, there's many different ways for us to be able to support our estrogen levels and whatnot, but it's also a great time to have that discussion around, are you living your life purpose? You know, and if you look back at what you were doing in your twenties, are you still on that path or is it time for your path to change? And so it's a rich and amazing discussion to have with women. And I know that, you know, you and I kind of share that same idea and philosophy with the women that we work with. We do. In wellness coaching, we call it um, revisiting your goals. Mm -hmm. Let's revisit those goals now that we're 
six sessions in or such. Sure. You know, are they still the same goals? Have they shifted? Sure. Sure. Yeah. And what, and what is it that fitness is going to bring you at the end of that? You know, what's your vision board? I love, I, I love Bruce Lipton in terms of, you know, seeing the vision and then working backwards. Ah, yeah. yeah. Our two um, main questions, particularly in this health coach Institute that I've been studying with are what is it you want and why is that important to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then of course we move on from there. What, you know, what has to change in order for that to happen? What has to not happen in order for that to happen? So it's a nice progress, same concept. I love think. it, love it. Yeah, yeah, I think the why is something that's been left out of, even in, in terms of organizations and business. I just got off a call with a, uh, a major mover and shaker in the medical world, the healthcare system, who's trying to, you know, again, re revamp and, and re, re envision a new healthcare system. But we were just talking about that. It's like, what is the why in it? Because that, if we can get people to understand that piece, then there's much more likelihood that they will stay committed to their, their process of change and transformation. Really good um, analogy. I love that you took that into the business world. Yeah, the why behind the why. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, is, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. <laughs> so when I think of healthcare, my definition is so much more expansive than not just the health of the body, but of the mind and the spirit, which is something that I feel so aligned with you on. And, and again, the ongoing research is really showing how this is interconnected. You know, we can actually now track what's going on in the mind. We can do, you know, spec scans and all kinds of things to see what lights up a person's brain and where in the brain is it being lit up and how is our heart being connected and all that. So um, where do you see whole healthcare, wellness and mental health care going? Well, I'm hoping it's going to continue in that direction. I think more and more awareness, you know, exists now for healthcare providers around the connection between mind and body. Mm -hmm. uh, even with eating, you know, I, 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 I like to think about, we, I call it emotional brain training. I know you've done some work with that too as well, but I like people to tune into what they're feeling going into a meal, what they're feeling going into an exercise program. How are these things affecting not only um, that experience, but your wellness overall, you know, your health, um, your, your prevention of disease. There's mm. such a, you know, I mean, I, I do think, I do think the public is starting to understand the connection between disease and lifestyle. Uh, I wish more people practiced it, um, but do you, do you think that too? Do you feel like we've come enough, we've enough distance with the healthcare, under, the healthcare providers understanding that? Oh boy. Um, the incentives are not there. Oh. And part and part of it is that physicians don't have the time to really do that, you know, and, and the model that we have here in the States is that if you want to spend an hour with your physician, then you're going to be paying top dollar to do that. And, and unfortunately, most of the population doesn't have that ability to do that. Um, but I do think more and more people are wanting and seeking that kind of information and more people. I, I, I will say Dr. Google is good and bad. Oftentimes I'm telling my patients get off Dr. Google, you know, <laughs> on the other hand, they are becoming more informed. And so I oftentimes tell them, make a list of your questions when you go in to see your doc, because you're probably only going to get 15 minutes to maybe discuss them. So be organized. Um, so I think we're moving, but it's still going to be a slow move because the insurance industries own 
most of the physicians and they also own all, you know, the pharmaceuticals. So, and vice really versa. Good point. Really yeah. good point. So, you know, to your point, really it's up to the patient, the, the yep. person to educate the doctor and, and, you know, come in with that understanding and some research on their own. Yeah. And, you know, to, there's so much out there about the connection between health and wellness, um, between medical health and wellness. And, you know, that is a really good point um, about the medical community. It's true. Um, we, people like you and I have to educate them. Yes. What, what we offer and, and that connection. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we need to empower not only physicians, but our clients that they need to step up to the plate and really become a partner in their, in their care. And so there's a huge ouch factor for many people because doctors have been gods. So that's a good, bad thing for, you know, doctors may have felt great in terms of the self-esteem piece. On the other hand, it means that the patient has nothing to do other than take this pill or gets a surgery. Um, and so it's a re-education on both sides that we have to empower physicians to recognize that they also need to partner with their patients and they need to ask their patients to step up to the plate and start to take on some of these lifestyle behaviors as well. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what I do. I always encourage clients to research, to ask about alternatives, to challenge some of the, you know, taken for granted treatments, you know, are there other alternatives? Are there healthy op healthier options for me? Same with um, orthopedic conditions, you know, um, if you go to a surgeon, just be aware that they're a surgeon and they prefer mm -hmm. the modality of operating on an injury. And that's not a judgment. It's just there. It's the way they practice, but let's look at alternatives. Sure. Sure. Let's, let's say to that doctor, what if I didn't want surgery? What are some other options for me? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Love it. Absolutely love it. So what three tips do you have to offer people in this confusing healthcare world? Oh, well, I think you need to find people you feel safe with. Mm. Uh, and make sure you're a, a um, informed consumer because yeah. there's a lot of personal trainers, wellness coaches, nutritionists, functional medicine people out there, and we need to find the right fit for us. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I'm not the right fit for someone, I'll redirect them. Mm -hmm. You know that as well. Um, both of us have practiced that. Um, so number one is, you know, find the right fit and be aware and be educated because it's really important that you know what's out there and what you need. Um, and, and there are so many conflicting um, theories and offerings and modalities. So you really have to be well-educated about that. Mm -hmm. And you have to, you have to appreciate and celebrate any progress you make. You know, um, one of the things I tell people is the more change you need, the smaller the steps you should take. And so celebrate and appreciate anything you're able to do and understand there are going to be peaks and valleys in that process. And give yourself a break when when those valley valleys um, show up, and um, trust in your provider to help get you through that because it's a partnership. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wonderful! Thank you so much, and thank you so much for being here today, sharing your wisdom. How can people connect with you, Jean? Well, I have a website. Um, it's JT Fitness and Wellness. 
um, or they can Google my name. But I also, I, I've probably given you, should I say my email? And Yeah, sure. Yeah. If, 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 you're, if you're email friendly, that is wonderful because I am too. I want people to be able to connect. So that's great. I am. And yeah. I still haven't jumped on the social media bandwagon as much as I should. I'm getting there, but I'm an email and phone person. So Me too, primarily. <laughs> and my email is linked to my website. So, yeah. but Jean... J-E-A-N-A, Turcotte, T-U-R-C-O-T-T-E at gmail.com. Phone number is 508-735-5367. And although I'm between Michigan and Boston, you can hear from my phone number that Boston is my home. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be actually practicing out of both places. So um, feel feel free to reach out. And like you said, with social media and Zoom, it's easy to connect from anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. This was absolutely amazing. And if you like this podcast, please rate, review, and share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers. I am on a mission to change the current paradigm of healthcare and mental health care. And you can find me at juliefreeman.net on Instagram at juliefreemanmindfulwellness. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. Thank you, Julie.